Welcome to history. Hey, race fans. Welcome to a Checker Pass podcast. Uh, we're in a double injury lawyer's studio. Presented Wait a minute. By- What's going on? I, I thought I'm, I'm the host. You pop it down, little lady. Daddy's back in town. <laughs> uh, we're in the double law injury lawyer studio presented by Auto Bank RV Sales and Services. First and foremost, I want to dedicate this show to Mr. Nick Moon. I've become really good friends with Billy Moon, Charlie Moon, and girls. I want to let y'all know we're thinking about all you guys. Um, Sorry about that. I'm not going to be a wreck this week. I'm going to be good. Uh, we had a good weekend, uh, Mr. Dale. Yes, we, uh, we did. Good racing. Good racing. Um, got my wife back in here. Um, so she is, she's formerly, I, I guess we're going to call her my co-host until I can find a little less mouthy replacement. <laughs> so, so I get to, I get to hold the reins until, yes. until then. No, I, I, I wanted her on here, Dale, to, um. Uh, Kind of guide us and, and, and I think she done a fine job. Last she week. did. Thank you. She did good. Last week was good. And by the way, since we're going to bring up last week before we get into the show, I want to thank everybody who has reached out because today, as we're recording for the next week, um, I've had calls and texts and they loved everything about minding your show. Well, good. And uh, it was pretty awesome to hear. I mean, I I've heard from people that I never would have thought listened <laughs> to the show. So it, I didn't. I didn't know that what I had to say would be of any any interest to anybody. I mean, just um, I have a I have a friend that's in North Carolina, and I met her through work, and I, I work remotely. She's an elderly woman. Um, she kept asking me, "When is that episode coming out?" I want to hear Steve. So she even listens to the show, and I didn't have any. Thank you idea. for listening, Miss Pat. I've heard all about Ms. you, Pat. Um, yeah, uh, I. I think our show last week was was from the heart. Yeah, you know, and, I, I agree. And I believe folks like to hear purity and, and, and from the heart. So, um, thank everyone for listening. Uh, it was uh, we hope to keep on and keep entertaining you folks each week. Uh, greatly appreciated for myself and Dale and oh yes, Wes Kane and Crystal Will and, and absolutely our, and Hunter. He's our he's our behind the scenes guy he he puts all this together for us but enough of that um they they run the the marty ward memorial shrine race yes they did and it was when they brought that 41 out there and done that pace lap i had no clue they were gonna do that and that sent chills up my back you and me it's, both so you were talking about the race at anderson anderson i apologize yes. it was a the shrine race and by the time this show drops we'll be a week behind but we yep. can we can talk about it and let the guys know we yep you know, it was good, cool seeing all of Marty's yes. former crew there and, and longtime friends, regardless if they're former crew or whatever. But, you know. Uh, yep. I was, you know, I love I love Magnum Tate and his whole team, Lee and Jamie and all of them. I, I love them all to death. But R.A. Brown, he was running better than I've seen him run in years. Did you it, see the, the fellow that was Yes, him? I did. I was going to bring that up. Lee McAllister was down there, and he, I don't know what he did, but 
R.A. had the fastest car. Oh, he but he did. wore his right rear tire out, and by the time he got to him, he couldn't do nothing with him. So Yeah, he kept getting super loose off of yeah. two. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was scary. I'm glad he he kept that thing under control because it was, it was pretty violently sideways several laps you know, coming off of two. Yeah, well, there was good racing in every division. It every was division good. was great. A um, little controversy with one of the – one of the divisions, yes. and they keep saying that there's a video evidence. Yep, it, nobody's seen yet. Yeah, I, and I've been reading the comments on Facebook today about the Photoshop pictures into the video. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. So, well, Nick Thunder said he's seen he's seen the video, and I trust him with all my heart. I trust yeah. him. If he's seen it, I I'd, I'd go to court with him because he said he's seen it. So. Yeah, I would love to see it, but if if they want to keep it private, that's cool. Um, but you kind of wonder why we judge off why why we go a race off of a transponder. Well, somebody said something about transponders. The Michael's car being shorter that's than Chandler's. True. Okay, that's I didn't know true. if the wheelbase. No, that's okay. not correct. Okay, um, if it would have been a car like Hunter's car, right, versus big, Chandler's big, car, it'd have been about a big Malibu, know, four to eight inch, no four okay. inch uh, wheelbase difference. But I don't know if that translate to point oh one two or well, that might have been. That, that that could have been possible, but yeah, that would have been the only thing. Um, but like they said, that if if the pouch that the transponder is mounted on the front of the axle, yeah, and then on the other car mounted on the back of the axle, axle, that could be a difference. But either way, um, well, like Eddie Ray put it on the front roll bar in the on the yeah. front of the car. <laughs> yeah, he had it on the Earnhardt bar <laughs> yeah. in the in the windshield. That's so Eddie Ray like. <laughs> um. But yeah, they they had a good show, good turnout for the Shriners, uh, it was. good turnout for the you know the Marty, Marty Ward Memorial. So. And luckily, well, I, I say luckily for me, but the chaplain got sick and couldn't make it, so he called me, wanted to know if I'd fill in. I said absolutely, I'm going anyhow. So, and I loved it. It it made me feel like the last race of the season last year at Greenville Pickens. I mean, it, I said I missed this. I missed this big time. Yeah. So. I'm maybe. sure you're missed too. Maybe something in the future could work out. Maybe. I'm going to have to shake the bushes or something. I don't You're know. just going to have to make sure you got two nights a week available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're spoken for on, on podcast night. Um, speaking of Grimmel Pickens, they also, didn't they make a donation yes. to Anderson as well for yeah, the, the Shriners Hospital? The, it was a little over $10,000 yeah, donation. Um, I'm going to try to explain to my knowledge of what I think the deal was. Um we worked with Jackie and Mark advertising and promoting, but I think the, I think they had sponsors for yep. the other ninety thousand. Right. The big money sponsors. The, yeah. they, we're putting money in for yeah. the, for for the lease, but the, the t- over ten thousand dollars that they reached was, was from you know fans. Yeah. Ordinary day by day. And the drivers challenge. And drivers challenge and such like that. So. I'm pretty sure that's what that was. That's why the number wasn't 100000 because yeah. they had companies that was going to chip in had the contract been signed. And and it would have been more, but they had to pay out the $7,500 for the contract. Yes. So lawyer fees, non-refundable. Yeah. I'm <laughs> okay, let's, let's, let's move along here. Thank you. Yes. Um, so let's jump into uh, Dale's Victory Junction and um, – Devotion. Devotion, Victory Junction. I'm thinking of the petty camp. Kyle Pitty's <laughs> Victory Junction. But camp. we're going to have us, uh, uh, um, we're going to have a, a 
previous champion from Greenville Pickens come on and speak a little while about his racing career. Um, I give him a hard time daily. Uh, we're really, really, we're, we're, like I say, we're best friends. Um, I've got several best friends, but he, uh, he's been around for a little while and, uh, He's my little Lucky Charms leprechaun, Mr. Michael Dean. <laughs> we'll have him on after the devotion, and then we're gonna have a we're gonna have a Young Guns edition. It's not a it's not really gonna be a checker pass podcast today. It's gonna be a a victorious future for these Young Guns. That's right. And uh, we'll get in and let them talk a little bit and tell us a few things. But right now uh, we're gonna throw it to our commercial and uh, Mr. Dale Tire. Is buying a car something you don't look forward to because of the high-pressure salespeople? Don't let yourself be pressured. When you contact Morgan Motor Company Incorporated, you always deal with a Morgan. This means no high-pressure sales pitch, no high overhead costs that's passed down to you, and savings you can bet on. Morgan Motor Company has been serving the upstate of South Carolina for over 60 years. Give them a call today, 864 242 6684 or visit Morgan Motor Company and see how they can save you money and tell them the guys from a Checker Pass podcast sent you. All right, Mr. Dale, this, uh, the stage is yours. All right. This week's devotion is titled Listen to Your Conscience. In Exodus 20, 1 through 17, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. They offer us direction and a moral compass. We, if we follow these guidelines, our journey through life will we'll have less obstacles. In all forms of racing, the standard way race control communicates with drivers on the track is by waving a series of colorful flags. The green flag signals the start or restart of the race. The yellow flag slows the race cars down to a controlled pace so the track can be cleared of debris or a disabled race car. The red flag stops all race cars from circling the track until it has been completely cleared. The black flag, when waved at a particular driver, means there is an issue with his vehicle and he needs to take his car to the pits for repair. The blue flag with a yellow stripe means there is a faster car approaching you and you need to allow them a room to safely pass you. The checkered flag signals the end of the race. The first car across the finish line wins most of the time and the celebration can begin. Or, as a meme i seen on Facebook, the green flag means send it. The yellow flag means... Somebody sent it too fast. The red flag means stop sending it. The black flag means you don't get to send it anymore. The blue and yellow flag means move over because somebody else is sending it faster than you are. The white flag means send it for one more lap, and the checkered flag means don't send it anymore. <laughs> the nonverbal form of communication is crucial to the proper functioning of the race teams in the head in the heat of competition. It allows race control to do its job so that the competitors can race safely and the spectators will have a good experience. It creates boundaries in which the drivers can operate a consistent set of rules to govern the race. Without the flag system, absolute chaos would prevail on the track as every driver did as they saw fit. God has built similar controls into each of us. He has given us a moral conscience. It's the still small voice that we hear inside of us when we come to a decision point. In one way in which God, it's one way in which God has created us in his own image. Our conscience is shaped and directed by God's word. Another way God leads us is to orchestrate the circumstances of our lives in such a way that his will is accomplished. 
even when we are speeding along at full throttle and things seem to be out of control, given enough time and eternal perspective, most things begin to make sense. Are you looking for flags that God is placing in your range of view? Is God speaking to you? Have you seen glimpses of his will for you in circumstances of your life? Have you spent time in prayer asking for his guidance and directions? When we ask, God will answer. First Chronicles 28.9 tells us if you seek him, he will, he, you, he will be found by you. God longs for us to live within his gracious boundaries. His will is a blessing that keeps us on track so that the race of our lives can be what we, he intended and give him ultimate glory. On our final day, we'll be able to race past our own checkered flag and the eternal celebration can begin. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to live in us to help us to make godly choices in everything we do. That still small voice inside of us helps us determine right from wrong. It is up to us to heed that warning. Lord, please keep the racing community safe across the country as the racing season is coming to a close. Anyone out there may have had a checkered, play, checkered past Please contact me, and I will show you how you can have a victorious future. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. 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 So, so you, you were kind of getting tickled, and you know what I was thinking about during Mr. Dale's devotion was Hunter and his stickers. I got to send the it. <laughs> sticker with, yeah. with That's Spencer. same thing here. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so Hunter's made a, a sticker with the Send It logo. Chase Elliott started that yep. on the bumper of his car. Well, one of these clowns around here has a send it sticker with Spencer's face on it. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Bless your heart. I can't, you got to have thick skin to hang around this crowd around here. Well, we're going to get into our show. Um, like I was saying before, this is the 2022 Renegade 2021. Oh, my bad. Years fly by. I can't remember from one year to the next. Uh, 2021 Renegade track champion at Greenville Pickens Speedway. Um and also my really good friend, Michael Dean, known as Peck. How's everybody doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, can I loan you a dollar? For what? Help you shave that beard. <laughs> no, no, no. I like my beard. It's just uh, just now getting going good. Oh, Lord. That's a true sign of an older gentleman. Yeah. An older oh, – oh, oh, she's calling you an old man being yeah. nice. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've been friends for – since 2003. Yeah, so 20 years. Yeah. This year. So you've been celebrating all year. Yeah, been celebrating. <laughs> it's a good good uh, celebration to have, being a friend of mine that long. you got to have some thick skin. Very thick. <laughs> almost, it's almost steel now, I think. <laughs> He's got to have, like, elephant skin or something to hang around with me that long. Cause or either your wife's a really good cook, and he used to really like her chicken and rice. Yeah. Do you remember her cooking? Yeah, the chicken and rice, and the, um, the other one my favorite was the... The corned beef soup, yeah, yeah, like that with the you know with the cornbread, yeah. We don't get home cooked meals right here anymore. Yeah, like I said, it has been you know twenty years ago. So, <laughs> so uh, a lot of people you you raced uh, the yellow and white ninety five at Greenville. Um, a lot of people see the car but don't really know the guy. Yeah. So uh, today's the day to learn about the guy. Well, um, I moved uh, to Greenville and. I think 1995. Um, grew up going to races, uh, mostly dirt. Um, my parents used to drag us to Lawrence every weekend. Hated it. And, you know, <laughs> it's like when I finally got old enough to can say I didn't want to go, I could stay home. Um, of course, I was always a big NASCAR fan. And 
Uh, I moved up here, um, and like I said, in 95 uh, for work. Um, went to Greenville Pickens a few times and, you know, kind of in and out and watched some races. And, you know, uh, I think sometime in 03, maybe 02, I had mentioned to a guy that I went, I worked with, and I got a guy named was Barry Talent. And uh, he came in a few days later and was like, hey, out of the blue, he's like, let's build a car. I was like, what? He's like, let's build a car. I'm like, okay. Okay, hold on a minute. So prior to this, you had never driven a race no, car, no. didn't didn't want to drive a race car. You just kind of yeah. here and there went to some races. Yeah, and was, now, just, a, just a race fan. Okay, now never, we're back yeah, to, yeah, to um, Barry. Okay. So, you know, he was like, let's, let's find us a car. I was like, okay, so – we get them, you know. We get into the like, you know, into the ads or whatever. We found a, a '86 Thunderbird for like five hundred dollars. It's got like, you know, it's got like two hundred fifty thousand miles on it. So, you know, we went and looked at it. You know, the, the old couple that had it was like, we don't want anybody to make a race car out of it. We're like, no, we would never do anything like that. <laughs> so, you know, so we bought it. We hauled it back to my house and put it in the garage, and we started tearing, just start tearing it apart. You know, it's like you don't really realize how much stuffs in a car. I mean, I bet we hauled off five truckloads of stuff out of that car. I'm thinking, how's this thing not weigh 50 million pounds? Because all the stuff we took out of it. But uh, so we get, you know, we getting going on that, and uh, get pretty much gutted. And um, back those days, you know, I don't know if you probably remember this, Steve. Uh, they didn't run fuel cells in Renegade. Yes. You know, they used to have us take the fuel tank out from underneath the car and bolt it into the trunk and strap it down. You know, so, you know it's really safe. Real you know? safe. Real safe. So, you know, we're trying to do that and was having trouble uh, with getting to fit and all that right there. And another guy I worked with, um, but ended up being a mutual friend of ours, uh, Phil Garland, tells me, I know a guy that can help you. I was like, okay. So he's, I'll be right, he's, I'll, you know, I'll be over there in a little while. So I figured, you know, he's going to bring some guy over. He's going to help us get this thing and lo and behold, here comes Phil Backness with a guy in a Ford pickup truck and a trailer. The guy gets out of the car, and I'm like, dude, he's red from head to toe. He's got a red beard, red hair, red, red, red. I'm thinking, who in the hell is Phil bringing to my house? Well, it was Ken Guthrie. <laughs> he comes in there, looks at it, because like, there's nothing in the car, no seats, no nothing. He asked me, do you got a milk crate? I'm like, yeah. So he grabs his milk crate. He jumps in the car. He says, does it run? I'm like, yeah. He fires this thing up, drives it up the driveway, loads it on the trailer, and was like, follow me. So we come over <laughs> to the Guthrie's, which is my introduction to the whole group. You know, so um, he we unload the car into the shop, you know, with the gas tanks in the back of the car full of gas. Ken's in one, got a sledgehammer in one hand and the cutting torch in the other hand. And he's heating and he's beating. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at Phil going, you know, we're all going to die. <laughs> you know, we're all going to blow up and we're all going to die right here. And uh, that was my introduction. And what was funny is, like, I, that happened. I don't, and I didn't, never left. So, <laughs> so your introduction as of through the years, seeing him do things, yeah. like, you're not surprised anymore. Not right? anymore. No, 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 no. No, it's second nature now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now it's it's, it's almost expected. You so know? the so the car that the reason Dad was red, we were painting a car <laughs> for the like Enduro, a, for the know, Enduro, wasn't for it? the Enduro race, and we painted it like it was a Lincoln Town car. I think it was uh, forty-one foot long. Yeah. I wedged it between the inside wall and outside wall at Greenville, when going into three, it turned sideways and got yeah. wedged in. That's no joke. But anyway, <laughs> um. We were painting it red like a Confederate flag, so we had just got done painting, and Dad went over to his house. So that's yeah. where the the red guy come from. But yeah, but you can imagine my surprise. That you know, this guy gets out. I'm going, 
Now, who is this? Yep. Just get you in your car and put it on his trailer. Yeah. But we, we get over here, and, you know, he get, helps me get it put in there. And, you know, we, you know, that old car, you know, we pretty much, we rattle canned it, you know, flat black. I painted the numbers on it myself. You know, of course, as I got to know Steve, you know, by the time we get it, everything running, he's like, we're not, we're not taking that car. You know, <laughs> we can't, we can't have that car like that. You know, we got the, you know, we're going to have to buy you some paint. But uh, I remember taking the car to the racetrack for the first time, and it's like I was telling Hunter, I was like, I didn't really have a chance to be nervous because we like we haul the car to the racetrack and we drive in, and I'm getting out of the truck, and Phil runs up to us going, "Come on, you got to practice with you practice right now." So I'm rolling the car off the the trailer. He's cha- he's letting air out of the tires, and really, I saw I back the car off the trailer right out on the track. So it's like didn't even have a chance to get nervous, <laughs> you know. So we make a few laps, whatever, and then. Um, End up racing that night and uh, breaking the motor mount on, you know, about halfway through the race and hitting the inside wall, which was interesting. And uh, we parked it for a little while. And then uh, Steve, uh, remember the, the Mustang engine story? Oh, God. Um, we ended up, a buddy of mine I worked with uh, had a Mustang engine, a long, just a long block, and we bought that. And we bolted all the accessories from that regular 302 onto that 5 liter. And we're fighting that thing. It sounds like a tractor, you know. <laughs> Couldn't figure it out. Another buddy finally, we finally tells us it's not a regular 302. It's an HO. It's a wiring different. So we swap the wires around and it fires up. Steve gets in it, takes off up the driveway with it, comes back and tells Phil, just go buy him a gun. It'd be cheaper. <laughs> so that little Thunderbird probably didn't weigh 2,500 pounds and it had 400 horsepower. Yeah. And um, being around. Peckett already had me nervous because he he kind of tiptoes into things as he's doing it. He don't just jump full, cause, you know, and that's how I am with, with Ken Guthrie. So uh, I was worried about him. I thought he was going to go out there and get killed right off the bat. And then, uh, I don't know, you remember the – we remember we was always struggling to get it to turn. We could never get it to turn. That car – because, you know, being a unibody, you can't adjust them, you know. So we're standing around one day, we're shaking our head, and I know everybody knows um, Ronnie Rule. Um, his name, we call him Bo. He comes over there, was talking to us, and he's like, what's going on? And Steve goes, well, he's, we're trying to figure out how to get this, make this car turn. He said, no matter what we do to it, it won't turn. He says, well, Bo, you know what I'd do? So he said, what's that? He said, i go up to Lowe's and buy me a 60-pound bag of Quick Creek, mix it up, and I'd pour it in that lift for a quarter panel. We was like, what? He's like, yeah. We was like, okay. So me and Steve, we that. That week, we went up to the Lowe's and got the concrete. We poured it in there. We mixed it. We got it set up. We painted it black. You couldn't even see it. And it was it was it helped. It really did. It, um, it would be good to point out this was in your early stages before yeah. you you knew anything about <laughs> yeah setting before up I knew cars yeah. and exactly yeah because Steve I think well, you was just really getting kind of in big into racing too yeah. with that year with your I think you had the red that was the year you had the red thirty two wasn't it yeah um. But, yeah, we get out there, you know, of course, you know, me being new, I couldn't drive it. But Steve's dad, Ken, gets in it one day out there, and, I mean, blazing heat in that car. He's out there riding around the very top of the racetrack in this thing, you know, I think running, what, like a second half faster than Renegade's run. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's wanting to know who's in the who's in the black <laughs> car. But uh, we raced it, like I said, we raced that car a few races, but just end up, you know, after that year just kind of scrapping it because we couldn't get it to handle and because Steve said we needed to get me a um, a Chevrolet car, something we had a front <laughs> suspension, something we could adjust. 
Yeah, from what I remember, the the unibody car didn't have any kind of. No, we had the struts. Yeah, you front end. Yeah, adjustment. you couldn't adjust anything. I mean, I guess if we would have really let pops get into it, we probably could have. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I've I've yet to, I, I've later learned yeah. things you can do. So yeah. Back then, I was still wet behind the ears too. I didn't have any and, idea. And Lincoln, y'all probably could have done anything to it. I mean, I probably wouldn't have been able to drove it good enough to tell anyway. That early on in the career, you know. Yeah. I was scared to death, you know. Oh, it was uh, it was comical when you first start started running because you was a nervous little rascal. Yeah. But um, I was like, was it? I think it was the very next year we bought the I bought the baby Malibu. Yeah. And then uh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I, I've learned a lot about cars over the last 20 years from working with Steve and Ken. But, you know, in the early days, I mean, I didn't really know a lot about stuff. And so we're, you know, I bought this baby Malibu from the junkyard. I bought a motor from, you know, from Ken for like four or $500. I think it had 100,000 miles on it, 150,000 miles on it. Or better. Put it in there. You know, I'm working on it. You know, went up to the, bought, bought a Quadrajet for it and was like, you know, trying to put it on you know so i go over you know i got the carburetor in my hand and of course ken's working on something not really paying attention which i didn't learn that hadn't learned that yet <laughs> so i asked ken i'm holding it and i'll go does it go on there like this and he goes yeah 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 it goes on like that it's okay so i go over there and i bolt the carburetor on and i'm getting everything whatever and i hit it and i fire that thing up and it runs a minute and it cuts off and he wouldn't fire it so i go over and talk to ken and says oh man same thing. come on he's all me look at it so he goes over to the side of the car over there on the driver's side, and he goes to tells me to hit it, and he goes to hit the throttle linkage. And he goes, where, where is the throttle linkage? Well, I had bolted the carburetor on backwards because that's the way he told me it went. <laughs> and he said, his thing is on backwards. And he said, I know five minutes ago, I just heard this thing running. <laughs> he said, so either you're a genius <laughs> So, uh, we had a good – they all, they still pick at me about the carburetor being put on backwards. I've yet to figure that one out. It did fire it up <laughs> it and did run. Yeah, it did fire up. It fired up and run until it started squirting the gas out of the exhaust. But it didn't run good, but it was – Yeah. You know, we were like, maybe it needs adjusted. But it, well, it was – if I'm not mistaken, there was holes in, in the intake where you yeah. can, where it wasn't sealed off from the gasket. So, yeah. how and Nothing's ever. changed. Your daddy still gets things yeah. backwards, like yeah. text messages. But no, it's worse. Carry yeah. on. But it was entertaining just to, just, you know, like I said, let's say 20 years later, we still joke about that. You know, Ken tells it all the time. It's like, not only did he do it, but it ran. You know, it's like. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was that was entertaining. We That little car there, that was the one where we were, you got kind of, he put a little ingenuity into it. He uh, he made him some adjustable stock spring pockets for yeah, the rear yeah, of that yeah. car. We couldn't have, we couldn't adjust anything. So, I took the, um, I cut the stock. Uh, nubs off the top of the car and took them to work and welded them and made me some uh, real fine thread nuts and screwed it up. It actually screwed it up into the frame. And when you rolled under with a flashlight and look, it really just looked like you was looking at the bottom of the car. And we could you could jack a little bit of weight off of it and reach up in there and spin that thing. You know, <laughs> it puts a bite in it. You know, or takes them out. It was pretty good. It was legal too, right? No. Yeah, <laughs> says no one. <laughs> Said no one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I raced that car for a year. Um, really struggled with that car. Um, that car was being a metric car. Um, was a small car, really twitchy, and I just, you know, never could get comfortable with that car, and just struggled. Um, and I think we ended up selling that car to. I think we sold that car to Matt Hale, didn't we? I don't remember who originally bought it, but Matt Hale or somebody think, he knew ended up. Yeah, with it. that was the yellow, 
the yellow five yeah. that I drove. Yeah. Yeah, I he, believe it was a friend or something. Because he painted it blue. Blue, yeah. And uh, But then, you know, we after that, you know, I, I kind of was kind of discouraged a little bit because, you know, I didn't, you know, I tried it for a few times and it really wasn't that, it wasn't really working out. I wasn't that good at it, you know. So I, you know, took a couple years off and kind of hung out way over here helping Steve. We know because by that time, you know, he was probably on his third or fourth car and they because they built cars all the time. And he comes to me, I guess, in 06. I guess it was 06. It's off season, 05. Yeah, 05, 06. Steve comes to me and goes, we need to build you another race car, but we need he's but I want to, I want you to buy a big car. I think I think if we get you a big car, I think we make a big difference. I'm like, well, okay. So we um was it Zach Presley? Yeah. Zach Presley had a seventy six something like that. Like a seventy six big Malibu, full running car. I mean you could have put a tag on it, drove it down the road. I think we give was it seven hundred dollars, six or seven hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. So I bought this car, you know, gutted it out. Put the cage in it all myself, you know. You know, Steve was, you know, helping me along. I was trying to do everything. I, I, you know, Steve will tell you, I try to do, I try to do everything I can, um, to, because I want to try to do it and learn. But you know, I'll ask for help when I need it. But I always try to do stuff my own. So we're building this car, and it, it felt different for me because it felt like this was really my first. I guess if this makes sense, feels like like my first serious car build. Yeah. You know, we're doing this thing, and um, we always joke. We get it. We, you know, we get this thing done, and we painted it um, red and white, which we we become to know. We always joke with it. We always call it red, white, and thirty-two. <laughs> um, but we get this thing painted. It was beautiful. Just Steve did an awesome job with that thing. Take it to the racetrack. I was so excited. Get out there in that thing, and we run like I think we run like a twenty twenty-five fifty. Mm-hmm. I mean, back then, and I think 07, a twenty-five. 20 to a 2560 would win would win races in Renegade and you know to get out for me to, to have done what I had done before to get in that thing like that and go right out there right out the, right out of the gate and run you know run a 2550 was huge I mean I was run, used to running like 28 second lap times you know and you know because Steve you know was always like he was like you know he he would come to you and let you know how you know you really that was really good you know you need to and you know, it was it was awesome. I mean, that car drove good. Um, that car was a babysitter. We could go out there during the day, and and one of the buddies would be like, "Hey, can I drive that car?" Sure. And they'd go out there and make <laughs> fifty or hundred laps. And like, dang! But it was like putting your kid out there and just letting him just go, 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 go. And every time I'd look, his car's on the racetrack yeah. making laps. I mean, that thing it did. It was it was it was. I mean, it was night and day from from that metric car to that big car. I mean, it's like you. Could, it was just so forgiving. You know, and I and I really adjusted to that car really well, you know. And like I said, we we run that car. I didn't get to run the whole season because um, I worked a lot. You know, I'd work, I'd get to race a week, and I'd be off two weeks, and I'd race a week. But you know, but 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 Steve had it pretty well dialed in. I got where you know for the most part when we showed up, that car run top three, top four every week. You know, and I get close to a win and just whatever. And Steve come to me one day was like. We, we, we got to get you in this car more than for a week or two. He's like, every time I get you comfortable, you have to work for two or three weeks. And when you come back, it's like we have to start over. And uh, so we was it because a couple weeks went by and we I finally called a break. You know, we uh, I had about, you know, I got like a was it like a four or five or six week stretch there where I didn't I didn't have to work any on the, any Saturdays. So we started, you know, working on this thing. And then uh, I remember I think. 
about the second was I think it was the second weekend of that thing. We was running, still running 25 20s, 25 50s. You know, me, like I said, not knowing the cars. I come off the track one day. I come and ask Steve. I said, Steve, I said, if I let go of the steering wheel going down the front stretch, which way is the car supposed to turn? He looks at me like I got two heads, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> like I know I'm asking a dumb question, but I'm, I'm curious. He said, well, it should turn left. I said, well, buddy, I said, I'm going to let you know right now. I said, when I let go of this wheel, I said, it hit the outside wall. <laughs> he said, what? <laughs> I said, if I let go of the wheel, it turns, it hits the outside wall. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. So we get that thing home that day, and he had the caster set perfect, but just backwards. <laughs> so, so he fixes it. We take this thing out to the racetrack the next week, and I could not drive it. I was like three-quarters of a second slower. So I told him, I don't care what you do. You put those front end settings back the way you had them. <laughs> so we ran that car the whole year with the front end settings backwards. So it was wanting to turn right. We was turning left. And that, it was fast that way. And it, it, I guess I told Steve, I always, to him, I always thought it. what helped me was because I had, always had to have constant wheel in it, it made it comfortable. It was my yeah. theory because you never had to worry about the car coming around on you because it was always trying to go. <laughs> it was always trying to go the other way. So we get that done, and uh, finally, you know, I, I remember uh, I'm trying to think. It was was it in July? Was it July of '07? I think it was July '07. We get there that night, and I draw the pole. And I remember Steve telling me, he said, "Boy, he said you on the pole. He said ain't no reason you ain't getting to win this race. He said you 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 take that green and you drive." Like, I'm like, yeah, okay. I got, you know, I was, you know, of course I was nervous, you know. We get in that thing, we start off, and I mean, I'm I'm gone. You know I mean? That thing, that car is just on a rail. I'm just, just Cadillac-ing. Caution comes out, you know, and and we're doing, you know, we're sweeping our tires, whatever, and we'd always start off in first and shift into second. And we come off of, we come off of four, and I'm on the inside, and, uh, Take back, the, back then, you could start anywhere in yeah, the yellow line. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you start anywhere from all the way from turn into turn three, off to turn four. So I, you know, I, I come around through. I got probably about halfway through the corner there. I hammered down on it, and I went to shift up into second, and went too far, and missed the shift. And I'm fighting with it, trying to get it. So the car that was on the outside of me got around me, and I remember I was already aggravated with myself. So we go off into two, off into one. And I'm already thinking to myself, Steve is going to kill me when I get out of this car if I give this race away. So we get going down the back stretch, and I get, I kind of get to the outside. The guy's kind of blocking down, and I thought to myself, right here, I said, and we, I don't think there was one, but a few laps left. Yeah. I thought to myself, right here, I said, I'm either going to tear this car up, or I'm going to win this race. I said because Steve is, because I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking around, going, I know right now he is steaming. <laughs> so I drive this thing off into two, off into three, on the outside. I don't, you were right. And I don't think I lifted. I don't think. I mean, I went around that thing and come off the corner, and you know, end up winning the race. Got my first win. And I'm talking to the guy that that raced with. He said, "Man," he said, "Man, I thought I had you." And he said, man, you came around me. He said, I don't know what, what you got under that car. He said, but you sucked all the stickers <laughs> off the side of my car when you passed me on the high side. I said, dude, I'm sorry. I said, but my crew chief was going to strangle me <laughs> if I didn't win that race. So, um, but we finally got a win. Um, it was awesome. It, you know, for me, that was just a, a, a joy. I mean, this, and I think, I don't know, I think Steve might have been happier than I was about that. But. Uh, I think do we need to step back a little bit on that on about the about the win the first win. So building the car in the <laughs> off season, Peck had to work um, 
second shift. He worked second shift, so he would come by in the mornings about nine thirty or ten o'clock, and he'd watch he'd watch TV and work on his car because <laughs> his car was right beside of where the TV in the shop was. So around eleven ish, Jerry Springer would come on, and Every they, day. Just, they just he's over here working on his car, and anybody who knows Michael Dean knows that um, if there's a TV on, that he ignores the world. Or, or his telephone in his hand or anything else. He gets really focused. And uh, so on Jerry Springer, shut up. <laughs> on Jerry Springer, there was this fat dude come come out. And I don't know why he thinks, I mean, am I fat? Um, anyway. No. Uh, <laughs> Big boned. <What> that? <laughs> there was this rather large fella come out wearing a red dress. And I don't know what the story behind <laughs> the show was or anything of that nature. But. So I'm over there laughing, you know. I'm just because we're like, what, I'm trying to figure out what's so funny over there. Yeah, so so we get to talking, and I said, I tell you what, you ever go win you a race at Greenville Pickens with I this see car? Where this is going. I'll wear a red dress to Victory Lane, and uh, the first night of the season, if Jeremy Burns hadn't have been in a car with 350 horsepower more than the field, he would have probably won the first yeah, night out. I had that race won. I had probably what a. After straightaway lead, yeah, with three laps to go, and that he blew my doors off. And I remember Steve telling me at the beginning of the race, he said, "That cat in that car is going past you. It's going to happen." He said, "Just let him go. We'll get him. They'll get him in the tech shed. He's got a full roll cage in that thing. It's had the. It's got the front hoop bars, rear hoop bars, whole nine. He said, "Just, let, just when he gets to you, let him go." It's okay. So we, you know, we finished second. And uh, roll through the we, when we literally when we rolled through Texas, we rolled through. They rolled in right on through, and uh, I remember going. I'm like asking the tech guys, like, are you, you know, you're not gonna, you know, throw that guy out. He said, you know, for what? I'm like, like he's got real hoop bars. He said, you gonna? He said, I remember him asking me, was I gonna pay to see him? I'm like, he's got a clear window. You can see him, <laughs> you know. But but you know, we had learned at that point, you know, he just, you know, he had connections and. Then we, and Steve apologized. I remember Steve coming to after he apologized. He said, if I knew they were going to do that, he said, to be honest with you, he said, I would have told you to hook him when he came around you because he said that, he said, you should have won that race. And I should have had to wear that dress the first night. So, so let's get back to the dress. Yeah. So, so is he a man of his word? I was I, one sexy beast. I will say he was a man of his word. It, you know how long? It took me a while. I went to probably three or four Goodwills before I found a red dress that I think would fit Steve. I told the lady, I was like, I, I said, I'm looking for a dress for a guy. And she looks at me a little funny. I said, but it's got to be a big dress because he's not really a, a small guy. So it was more like it was almost like a tablecloth with yeah. arms in it, I think. But I brought that thing up here, and he, he did. He, he put that thing on, and he pranced around all over. All over pit road with it. We got uh, he took pictures with it. I got a picture somewhere floating around him wearing it. Reese Fant done a story yeah. with me in in Victory Lane with it, and uh, I, there like I say, there's a couple pictures yeah. around. But but walking around the pit that day, this was back then. NASCAR got real big on no shorts and no flip flops in the pits. So I walked by that car dealer that owns the racetrack, and uh, I had my my Carhartt pants pulled up to where it looked like I just had my <laughs> shoes on with no and he said uh where where's your pants at boy I'm like are you serious I mean so, never 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 mind he wasn't paying attention you had a dress on yeah exactly. you know, he wanted to know where your pants was not that you was wearing a red dress you know looking back he might have thought I was attractive <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we had good. I will say though, Steve was a man of his word. He was a good sport about it. Um, we still have fun with that one. 
that was a highlight of of my life yeah. <laughs> in, in the racing yeah. world. Uh, everybody, a lot of people really didn't know why this fat dude with <laughs> shaved head was walking around with a with a red dress on, yeah. but all the ones who knew and had yeah. humor with it had a yeah. blast with and it. And I thought it was really cool when that guy done that story, made the little thing. Uh, Steve gave me the – I think you gave me the clipping of it. I got it framed, I got it framed somewhere. I think it's in here somewhere. It is somewhere around here. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I really do – I mean, I was so appreciative because, I mean, not only for – you know, for me, it was something, you know, you never really thought would happen to win one. And uh, I remember uh, – was it the next week, Greenville had a rule where when you won – the next week, you had to start in the rear, and this is back when Renegade was still fairly popular. They run, they had, they had, they had to run twin races because um, they had so many cars. We, I won't say on average they was what anywhere between twelve to twelve to sixteen cars in each race, roughly or more, or more. So I remember that next week, you know, we get there, and I'm, you know, of course, my head swole up, and I'm just excited because I had won, you know, and I know my car was good, and I'd start in the rear. So I remember we get out there, and I'm running, and I'm driving, and I'm, I'm. Picking cars off, picking cars off, picking cars off. I get up to about fifth, and it seems like I, I know the, the race was only ten laps, but it seemed like we was out there for you know for fifty, and it seems like I worked on this guy trying to pass this guy for an hour, and I finally get around him, and of course they got the rule where if you don't complete a lap, you have to go back behind the guy, so I finally pass him. The caution comes out. I got to go back behind him, and I'm I'm aggravated. And so uh, Steve and our buddy Jason was up on top of the trailer laughing at me He said because he said, I got to driving the car trying to pass this guy. I was driving the car off in the corner. And every time I go off in there, I go a little bit more, trying to pass him. And he said, they joked. He said, every time I go off there, they go, he's going to wreck this time. He's going to wreck this time. <laughs> he said, he said, when you, said, when you finally passed that guy, he said, Steve said, he said, you was wide open. He said, you was probably almost to the center of the corner before you cracked a throttle. And he said it sounded like you was off of it for like a half a second and was back on it. He said, number one, he said, you passed him. Number two, we don't know how you didn't wreck. So who was he? I don't remember who that guy okay. was. Um, okay. But we ended up finishing. I drove from like 15th or 16th all the way to 4th that night, which was, I mean, for, for a 10-lap race was really good. Very good. And uh, I remember doing that, and they remember joking me about the, he's going to wreck, he's going to wreck, because he kept driving, driving in there. And then there's another funny story. Steve, I've let Steve uh, kind of cap off on it because it was funny. I had an incident with a guy. He was, he was going around me, going in the backstretch, and he didn't have me clear. And so all of a sudden, he starts coming up to the wall, coming up, coming up, coming up. And I'm thinking, you know, here I am, here I am. Well, he kind of drives across my nose and turns himself into the wall. You know, it really wasn't my fault. I mean, we're racing. I, you know, it ain't, we know, I mean, it's not merging traffic. Was this in the same season? Yes. Okay. So, you know, I'm not thinking nothing of it. So I go into, I'm sitting into the, sitting into the line going into the tech shed. I think we finished second or third that night. And I thought I saw something out of my corner of my eye. I'm like, what the world was that? Well, I guess the, the crew guy for that guy didn't take too kindly to it. And he was, he had come over there and crimed in my window. Mm-hmm. And my big buddy Steve here, Saw him, and Steve went over there before I could see what was going on. Steve had grabbed that boy by the belt loops and jacked him out, jacked him out of the window. And then all of a sudden, this boy's screaming for the cops. <laughs> Come get this big boy. What was he called you? Uh, choice word. Yeah, yeah I can't. Can't yeah, those. he was like, "Come get this big boy!" <laughs> and Steve was like, "Whatever." And then later on, you know, they finally got him separated. And Steve said that uh, he went to the you went to the restroom or something that evening. Yeah, he well, said, no, it was right after right that. After that. The, the, the cop come over because he kept saying, 
come get this big SOB <laughs> off of me and all. And all I did was pull him out the window. Yeah, the car. And um, he, uh, anyway, the cop run me off and run him off. Well, little did I know that we got run around the van and I was going to the Porta John. Well, this clown done been in the Porta John and was coming out. So when he steps out, he starts screaming for the cops again. He thought I was there to pick on him. But that fellow uh, that you were passing, I believe his name was Jake Crow. Was that uh, was that forty six? Okay. I think so it was. I think it was forty six car. Yeah. So hopefully his pit crew remembers that and chimes in. Well, I won't go back to the dress. How many? How many races did you take that dress to the track? Just the one. Just it was. The, it was, oh, it was you just had bought it. Just had yeah. Bought I, it. Well, I well, I actually had to go. I went and bought it after the fact. Oh, okay. So once oh, I won the race, okay. I mean, because you know, I mean, I didn't okay. think I was ever going to win a race, so I wasn't <laughs> going to buy a dress thinking I wasn't ever going to get to use it. So I went like the, I went that next week and got it. and okay. He wore it around the pits okay. that next that very next. But I think matter of fact, it was that night that we that we finished fourth after starting the rear. I think that was that week you wore it. Yeah. So it's safe to assume that you you thought that wasn't going to win no 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 it wasn't uh, i think he was just trying to motivate okay yeah yeah for some reason i don't know why he never got it i guess he didn't want to buy the dress and never use it and 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 have it there is maybe like a jinx or something well i'm not gonna win i don't you know so i told him i would i think i'd have wore a pink tutu if i would if that would have been (laughs) a bet so how how did you end up doing that season you um it sounds like you ran pretty yeah i did i ran very well um like i said uh Steve always jokes with me that if I would have ran the whole year, every race, he said, you would have probably, he said, I'm not joking. He said, you ran every race that season. He said, you probably would have had five or six wins. He said, that car was that good. He said, you were that close. He said, it was just learning to finish, you know, the deal. You know, like the, the second win I didn't get, I should have had was, uh, I don't know if you remember that night, I racing with Chris Engel. Um, yeah. Another night I – Messed up on a on a shift or something or slip. I think I overdrove overdrove into one, and Chris Engel gets under me, and we race side by side for a couple laps. You know, he gets under me, I get under him, and we're coming. We take the white, and we're coming down the back stretch, and I somehow I end up on the inside, you know. And then there was this. Uh, it was a yellow and pink. Remember that car? That Marty Robbins. The Marty Robbins car, yellow and pink car. We're coming down through there, and uh, he's a slow, you know, lap car, and we're coming barreling down the back stretch, you know. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking, I'm here. I am. I'm on the inside, so I'm thinking I got the advantage. Well, of course, here's the slow car. He starts drifting down the track, and I'm thinking, okay, here we are. You know, I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to let out to get behind Chris. Well, by the time I'm getting ready to start left out, he starts drifting up the racetrack. And I said, you know what? I think old red, white, thirty-two will fit in that hole. <laughs> well, we went off in the three, me and Chris, and we split that guy. You know, and you can funny. I got, I think I got the DVD. You could hear what was it? Was the guy named Keith? They used to do the announcing. Yeah, Keith Cocker. You can remember hearing him on the um, on the intercom, almost like the um, Kurt Busch and Ricky Craven. You know, they touch, they touch. And he's going, they split him, they split him. And we're banging off each other. And, and like Steve said, he's if you'd have kept your head and just drove up off the corner, you would have won the race. But I don't think I ever lifted. When I went off in the corner, I mean, I was, you know, everywhere. Yeah. And uh, But ended up finishing second. But I, even though the win was awesome, but I still say to this day that was probably one of my most fun races was – me and Chris splitting that guy going off in the one, off in, off in the three. Yeah, them moving obstacles gets a little treacherous to pass from time to time. But, but that was good times. That was a very good car. Um, we ended up just sitting on jack stands. Was going to race it again the next year. And Greenville, you know, being Greenville, they changed a bunch of rules. They was going to add, you know, 
different was it different springs and different carburetors and and I was like I just wasn't gonna be able to like reconvert the car, and so I I sold I mean I so I just you know decided you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can't afford to run it. I'm just gonna sell it which I probably should have took that whole hunter I should have took that thing home and put it in the, in the garage on jack stands and kept it, but we sold I just sold it in 07, so we run it to one year and got out of it and uh but I not said, not not completely you got out of it not completely you come back well yeah i came back uh 12, 12 years later yeah he <laughs> he didn't completely get out of it he was he was my little ally when yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know around the shop i mean I, I quit racing for 12 years yeah um he's the one buddy that was when when he wasn't working and could come to anderson on friday nights he would be the one to show definitely. up definitely yeah i was always over here to support steve and everything but but yeah we went like i said we went 12 12 i guess 12 years from 07 and we get i'm over here one day and um steve says jokingly says found you a car i said what so i found you a car guy was gonna get it but then he don't want it you want it so what was it what was it fifteen hundred dollars yeah it ended up being the i don't know if y'all remember the toyota easily car that steve had i've shared it on the reel on the podcast page. well that that car was that was that car was that car so i went and bought that thing i called i called my wife and i said hey <laughs> i want to buy a car <laughs> i want to buy a race car what do you think she's like you know she asked a few questions she's like go get it so we i gave steve the money he we went over there picked it up hauled it over here it sat out in the, in the field for what about a year mm-hmm. you know and we finally decided we're gonna start working on it we get that thing in here. We cutting on, you know, cut the cut the cut the tail off of it, and we, you know, we saying we pressure washing it, and it's got all still got the orange paint. We started pressure wash. Still had a bunch of the orange paint underneath the the black they had put on it, and uh, we started building the um, the last car that I had, which uh, was the red and white, uh, red and white. I mean, white and yellow '95. So we got that car built in was it 2019? No, 2020, 2019. 2019, we finished that car. Um, Wait a minute. Let's go back for a second. So you, you were driving the number five. Uh, yeah, I started off the number five. Why was, did you pick that number? Just out of curiosity. Well, in that time, Greenville, you called up there, and they gave you a list of numbers that they had available. Because this, this predates um, transponders. So they didn't want anybody having the same the number. same numbers. But so, the 95 is has a little bit of a different meaning. Lightning McQueen. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, they like Lightning McQueen, and plus, you know, I thought I thought the number looked good. You know, I think I always thought the double numbers looked a little better than the single numbers. He was a Casey Kane and Chase Elliott fan. Well, I was making five. it a point because of Jacob. Yeah, yeah, yeah my that's, little boy. I wanted to bring it back around. Yeah, and yeah my little boy. He was a big Lightning McQueen fan, and so he always, even though it was the right, wasn't the right colors, he um, he always you know he knew the, the ninety five. Yeah, so we build this thing, you know, and uh was probably the best engine that I think I'd had. I bought. I also bought that motor off of Steve and Ken. It's probably as far as the power, that's probably the best motor I've ever had. We get this thing done. You know, Steve paints it. We letter this thing up. It's gorgeous, you know, just gorgeous. And we get this thing out to the racetrack, and, you know, this is when – this is like the new age Renegades. You know, it's not like, you know, because now they're running – they're running mid-24 seconds where – you know, I'm just a second faster than – more than a second faster than what it was when I quit racing. And, you know, so I'm a little bit nervous, and Steve's kind of coaching me, you know. It's like, you know, just take it easy, blah. So I go out in this thing. Was it like the second lap run like a 24-30 in this thing? 
and come back in. And you know, Steve was all like, man, was like, where did that come from? You know, it's like, but this thing, it was just, Steve's really good with it. He's got, over the years, gotten where he can set these cars up. I mean, they just drive so good, you know. And just to, 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 to get in that car that he helped me build and just go out there right off the bat and be, that, to have that speed was, was pretty cool. But we ran on and off that year. Had a few issues. Um, I think I ended up with, in that 19 season, I think I ended up with, I think, one top five and six top tens that year. Hmm. And um, so we, you know, went pretty much winning, you know, pretty pretty uneventful. Went into the off season. We changed up the color a little bit. It was eventful. Yeah, yeah. We'll skip over that. Yeah, we we'll skip over that part. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to talk about Wes. Yeah, but uh, oops, sorry, my buddy. Yeah, well, like I said, I think a lot of that was just, I think a lot of that was just more bad luck for on our both our parts. I think there wasn't really any, there was never no you know animosity or anything toward each other. I mean, just it was just always dumb luck. Yeah, because y'all stayed up here to Super Eight every night after yeah, the race. That's so true. <laughs> but you know, we changed the car up a little bit. We changed it to uh, even though I I think we regretted it. We changed the the orange on the car to a bright green and it did really just didn't look as good but we you know we ran that year i had trouble from the i, I think I, I run less that year because remember that was the year that the motor was was we get ready to start the season and the car didn't want to start and it's like as you turn it over it's like the motor was getting slower and slower and slower so we got the motor guy to look at it and the every piston every piston at the top of the cylinder head had about an inch an inch and a half of rust and and I was like, you know, it's like, what is this coming from? You know, like he said, it didn't it didn't have a it didn't have a bad head gasket. We just we never did figure that out. I don't think. Mm. But so we had to wait to get that refreshed up, got it done, took it back out there, ran you know okay that year. wasn't that year was kind of a you know I don't know. It just seemed like it just didn't flow very good. And I think that year we only ended up with I think two top fives and three top tens and but like i said a lot missed a lot of races for engine because i think wasn't that year also that later that year remember i broke the the valve the mm-hmm. the rocker arm stud so i lost some weeks for that so i was a little frustrated and uh i guess that brings us to yeah, was that 20 that was 20 that, that, was, was, COVID that, that, that was covid year yeah and then so um that brings us to to 2021 which was my late up being in my last year that was a good year. Yeah, it was a very good year. Um, we changed the – they laughed at me because I changed the car back to orange, but I did it all myself. I took scraps and vinyl <laughs> and sat there. They laughed at me, but I sat there because, I mean, we had so much going on. I mean, what, what do you figure? We was building, what, six race cars that year? Or better. Or better. And I, I told him, I said, you know, I can do this. So I sat there piece by piece, and I pieced this thing all the around all the number everything the, the the decals around all the writing and you know even hunter was like i got done with it. he said man he said he said it it looks great you know so we get this thing done and you know put it together and i told steve that year i said look i said i i finally got to a point with a job that i didn't have to work all the time and i told steve that that before the season started i said i got one goal if anything else i want you to try to help me i want to run a year and i want to run the whole season i want to run every race if i can i've never done that i want to do that so that was my goal that was my main goal so we get started you know and it seemed like there at the start i was like the only one out of the shop having any luck you know i mean we're sitting you know i'm you know i think i finished third first night out um another couple top fives here and there and we're 
we're sitting around the shop one day and everybody's kind of joking. You know, Steve's like, he's giving, I think he's giving, you know, he was giving Hunter hard time and he's giving David a hard time and Wes because he's like, hell, Peck's carrying the flag. You know, he's like, he said, he's the only one reason we know that GPC's at the racetrack. He said, the rest of us is riding around in the back, you know. So we get to joking about points. And, you know, because they hadn't released anything. And Steve's like, you know, what's going on? So Hunter gets to digging on his phone and finds it. Well, well, Peck, you're you're the points leader. You know, I'm thinking, you're, you're joking, right? He's like, no, you're the, you're the points leader. This is, what, about halfway through the season or so? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. It just so, got real. Yeah, I'm like, that's, that's like <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, that was something, you know, we hadn't really thought about. So, you know, I think a couple more weeks went by. You know, I'm still running pretty good, you know. And Steve was like, dude, he's like, He's like, if you can still make it, if you can keep this thing going, he's like, there's a chance you could win this thing. And I was like, I was like, nah, you know I me, mean? I'm just not gonna happen. I know my luck; it ain't gonna happen, you know. And so, there was, there was a night toward the end of that year because, like I said, it was that was the year after COVID. Yeah, you're after COVID. But we all had COVID and yep. didn't get to go, so we went. We snuck out there and sit socially distanced apart yep. in the grandstands. Yep, with COVID, so we could watch him race. And but it was it was pretty cool, even though like during that year, even though we, we normally all go as a group, we you know we would go, we had our five or six race cars, we looked like the convoy going out, going to the racetrack. And even when there was weeks that you know say or Stephen and was the sick or they had vacation or whatever, Steve would always go. He would call you know our buddies, you know Dale and Stephen helped me a lot. He would always try to help me figure out a way to help me get my car to the racetrack. So I could at least race. So I could at least get there and start, you know. And it's like, and I was always appreciative of that, you know. And, you know, so I, I was always there. And it's like Steve would always joke. So he said, why do you always seem like you run better when we're not there, you know. Because there was the one night, uh, I think, was it the COVID night? What, which night was y'all sitting up in the stands that I ended up getting the win? Was that that the, was the COVID That night. was the COVID night. We get there, you know, I run third. And the four and the 54 was yeah. having a lot of extracurricular curricular. Yeah, activities. they were making out on the racetrack. Yeah, well, they ended up they're up there arguing back and forth. You know, I rolled into the I'm rolling into the tech shed, sitting there, you know, waiting to go through way it because I finished third, you know, and it, and here comes Matt was going. You need to you need to get your car, get out of here. I'm like, what are you talking? About? I gotta go. He's no. He said you need you need to go to the front stretch. He said they just he just they just threw the four and the fifty four out. You're the winner. So I fire the thing up and drive up there, and Steve and all comes down from the stands and um. It was pretty cool. I mean, it ain't never good to get a, to get given a race, but I mean, I'm like, I mean, it was my second one, so I'll take it, you know. But uh, absolutely. But so they come down. We got our pictures made, and um, you know, and then was it? I guess what about three or four weeks to go? Steve was like, you know, if you keep this up, he's like, you you got a pretty good lead on this thing. He said, because I think we had a couple off races, so it got a little tight. But I think we went into I think we pretty much went into the last race only really needing a start, basically. I think even if I would have finished dead last, depending on the car count, if Mike, if Michael Moat would have won and we had finished last, I think we probably still would have won it. But, you know, you know me being me, you know, we had a good year. I was like, I really wanted to – my wife's parents had came up. I had, you know, my, my little boy was there. I really wanted to run good that night. I was so excited. We get out there running about seven laps in. The motor was it, was it that far? I think in? it was seven. I think it's about seven laps. I was thinking lap one. No, it was like seven. I think it was like seven yeah. laps. The motor on that thing just 
disintegrated. I mean, it sounded when it we I put, went under the flag stand. It sounded like gravel. I mean, it just went silent. You know, I just flipped the switch off and rolled in. You know, just dejected. You know, and then I think Mike Moe ended up having trouble that night with the running hot, or running something. hot or something. The water pump or something broke. So I ended up, you know, winning the championship. You know, and I was like, you know, we rolled up that we uh, hundred and all them. We pushed the car up there. We took our pictures and. I know uh, Mr. Dale was up there. Everybody yep. was excited. I was like, it was um, it was surreal to to think that you know that me could win. I mean, I know it's a renegade at Greenville, but I mean, I'd proud of you know it was it was just it was pretty cool to, to accomplish that. And I was you know, I, and like like Steve always told me, he said you'll always have that no matter what you know, and you know, and like I said with the cost, I mean, I think we ended up with I probably ended up with what twelve. I think I end up having like twelve or fifteen thousand dollars in that race car, and I'm like, and then with everything going on, and I just, you know, I hated it. But after that season, I was like, I'm just going, I'm gonna step back and um, get out of it. And um, I think Ken, I think Ken bought it, and then it last that lasted about ten minutes, and then Hunter, <laughs> now Hunter's got it, and uh, I'm hoping he's gonna run it here pretty soon because I told him that that's a that's a really really good car. And he's really going to enjoy it when he finally um, gets it, really make some laps in that thing. And But I want to let, you know, Crystal and Hunter and Steve and, you know, everybody else that, that helped me, whether it was, you know, helping me kill myself with the Thunderbird, with the Mustang engine, or bolting the carburetor on backwards, or, you know, putting the concrete in the um, <laughs> car, you know. You know, when, remember Tim Crow hitting it at Anderson? Spun out. Tim Crow drove off into Anderson Turn 1 and hit me in that quarter panel. And I look up in the mirror, and his car's going around. (laughs) And I remember him coming up after him in the race. He came up to the race, and he apologized for getting into me. And he said, man, it was the weirdest thing. He said, man, I hit you, and I thought I was going to wreck you. He said, I hit you, and I went around. He's like, it's like I hit a wall. And I went, and I looked at him, and I said, you did. (laughs) So, but I wanted to really, um, I mean, I know we got, we want to get, I want to hear some of these young guns. But I really wanted to know, let y'all all know that how much it really appreciate. I really appreciate all the help. You know, you don't know how. I mean, I don't, sometimes I don't think y'all really realize how much I appreciated all the effort and the help. And you know, and I think I think with Steve, I think Steve gives me a hard time, and I think Steve's hard on me. I think because we are friends, but he also knows that for the most part, I never tried to be anything other than what I was. And I always, and Steve would tell you, I always tried to do everything. I always, I was always over here to work on my car, help unload. You know, I was all, I mean, I didn't want to be that guy, you know, and I just really do appreciate it. And I, I I talk to Steve on many occasions and I tell him, I'm like, you know, Peck and Wes are your real true friends because you've been so hard on them with racing and they still come around. So, yeah. I think I don't know. I think Wes hasn't learned to really take it as well as I have yet. I mean, I just I think I make I got more years in. So, yeah, Wes. Uh, if I'm busting Wes's chops and I get really really under his skin, he goes to the boot barn. Yeah, he does go to the boot <laughs> barn. He has to. That's his. Uh, he go and pout a little bit. Yeah, well, he'll go over and pout it. That's his scratching post or whatever. But I, but my thing is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, sooner or later I'm going to give it back. <laughs> so he knows he's going to get as good as he gives on yeah. some stuff. So he, try, he tries, but uh, yeah, um, good having you on there. Um, I appreciate y'all letting yeah. me have it on. This is pretty cool. 
it is very cool. Uh, like I say, uh, love you like a brother. And uh, like I said, like I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> you used to get excited yeah, and do that a lot. I know. And like I said, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, we're getting older. I mean, like I said, we're getting older. But I mean, I just, I'm not gonna say I'm done racing. I mean, you know, you don't ever know what the future holds. Right yeah. now, I just can't, I can't justify it. But you never know. Yeah, we might get you back out here one of these days, and one of these other cars we're putting together. So yep. you never know. Listen, the next person that races out of this shop is me. Okay, <laughs> I have been sitting here very patiently waiting. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah. So. Great. <laughs> you pop it down, little lady. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank y'all very much. Well, Peck, everyone knows you as Michael Dean. or Your your racetrack name is Michael Dean. Your Peck does. That's yeah. what you introduced yourself as. Um, like I say, I love you like a brother, and I appreciate you coming on. And uh, it's been fun, and you, you're a real friend. I know. I try to and, be. Uh, and uh, you're a real pain in my side, too, but you try to be. Go ahead. I know, but I'm proud of what you accomplished in your in your renegade racing and you, in your career. That was that's pretty cool, and and uh, have my name attached to it was even more cool. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely would never have got it there without without my crew chief. Definitely, that's awesome. It's an honor to to get to to be part of your racing career. It's, it's an adventure, but it's an honor. Yeah, always an adventure. That's yeah. part of the fun. Yeah. yeah, but buddy, I appreciate it, and uh, thank you for telling. Tell us what you what you had going on. Get people to know you a little bit. We'll put some pictures out there and awesome. And we got to include the one with the dress. Yeah, we'll put the yeah. we'll put the infamous red dress on there. And uh, I'll make sure uh, get Dale, Dale whoever takes the pictures. Make sure I brought the 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 model car of the championship oh, yeah. car just uh, that, that Hunter um, that Hunter did. Uh, I was so proud of that thing. I wanted to make sure I brought that up here. And uh, also brought the um, I won't believe it up here for a few days. I brought my championship helmet that. Um, BKP did. Um, I'm gonna bring it up there and put it up there on a nice row of all the nice helmets. Um, it looks good at home, but uh, nobody gets to see it at home. <laughs> yes. Just me. Um, so I decided I was gonna bring it here and let it kind of hang out out there with all the other <laughs> beautiful helmets that Steve and Hunter and them have. And uh, I, like I said, I just, just proud. And we're proud too. Uh, really, really, really proud of you. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, thank you for bringing those. Uh, yep. I'll keep that blue and white car away from that yellow and white one. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like blue. <laughs> they usually have a bad time together. They mix yellow and blue makes green. <laughs> um, like I say, thank you for taking time out of your evening to come over and, and record with us, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. You're welcome, Michael Dean. Everyone. So. You done good. And I don't think I said. Are you looking for someone to do a dreaded painting project? I'm talking about residential and or commercial. Look no further and contact Maccabee Painting. These guys have been around for 15 years with 29 years of experience. The owner, Benji, is a third generation painter and knows his stuff. They can also take care of all of your pressure washing needs or deck repairs and staining. Again, if you're looking for someone to come and do an amazing painting job, either residential or commercial, if you got pressure washing needs or you just need your date repaired and stained, call Maccabees Painting at 864-395-9744. Not a jack of a lot of trades, but definitely a master of one. Again, that number is 864-395-9744 and tell them that the guys from A Checkered Pass podcast sent you.
for all your automotive and heavy equipment, foreign and domestic alternators and starter needs, contact Gene's Alternator and Starter. Tell them that you heard about it on the Checker Pass podcast. Give them a call at 864-246-3036. It's Gene's Alternator and Starter. For all your handyman needs, call Robert or Hall with Hall's All Hands on Decks. 864-213-7502. No job is too small or too big. From fixing water lines to building decks, even minor roof repair, and everything in between. Again, that number is 864-213-7502. If you've been driving around town and got into a little fender bender and now you need your car repaired, look no further. Go talk to Blake Jeter at Powdersville Collision Repair, located at 415 Three Bridges Road in Powdersville. He specializes in insurance and auto body repairs. That address again is 415 Three Bridges Road in Powdersville. Check out Powdersville Collision Repair and, and tell Blake the guys from a Checkered Pass podcast sent you. Alrighty, we had to thank the ones who helped make this possible. Uh, my wife has something well, to say. Well, I was going to say, I like your shirt. Thank you. Um, Kiwi Outpost. They made our a Checkered Pass podcast shirt. So if you would like to get you one, um, message our page. Message my page, Steve Guthrie. Um, they're $13 an order, or a shirt. Uh, $3 extra for any plus sizes, 3X and up. I will take your name down. We'll get you how you can venmo us and we'll get you shirt order in uh it's kiwi outpost jared crowley super awesome shirt thankful thank them for having uh these shirts for us last week we was parading them around at anderson motor speedway on the, the shrine race night so uh, a very cool deal thanks jared uh, kiwi outpost so i uh, said we were going to do a little different tonight we had we had my buddy uh longtime friend michael dean on um so now, I was telling Dale earlier we're we're doing the uh, our podcast is a checkered past, and we have one. Well, we have three on here that has checkers, but um, you guys are the future of racing, and you guys are from you know twenty four years old to fifteen years old. We have a mixed room here of male and female. We have Caitlin Moon. She's our youngest driver here, a young gun, the number 59. We have Ellie Mae Darnell Clampett. Miss <laughs> oh. <laughs> Reagan. Um, she's 19, told me soon going on 20. She drives a pure stock at Anderson, and she won a race at Greenville last year in pure stock. Then we have my son, uh, Peyton. He's a... Uh, piloting uh, number 73 for Donovan Beecham in the Young Guns class, uh, front-wheel drive. I know nothing about. He's uh, That's his and Donovan's deal. I'm just there to support and help as much as I can. But Mr. Payton, uh, Mr. Spencer Darnell, he's our, he's our senior Young Gun, I guess you could say. The whole point of this is to brag about all of you guys. My son Hunter is sitting in here. He's 22. Um, 
we're glad that you kids are interested in in the sport of automo automobile racing because you are our future all of you guys uh it's you know us older guys are getting too fat or too old to get in and uh we have some <laughs> shenanigans going on in the studio it's, yes my sidekick is over here telling me i'm old but um it's good to have you guys in uh, i want to start with you katie Hold on a second, though. I have to I have to paint a picture for our, our listeners. I think I'm in a room full of the the young guns, and they have some pretty stout bloodlines. I, the Darnells, Satterfield, um, the Guthries. I this is this is pretty cool, you know, to see the the next generation. It's very of racers. cool. It's very cool now that you pointed out like that. I never thought about it because the Darnell Guthrie bloodline goes back. You know, talked about it last week on my show. And then Satterfield, uh, if anybody hasn't heard the name Joe Satterfield, um, you missed out. He was uh, one hell of a racer and one hell of a setup man and a uh, well-known racer at Greenville Pickens, longtime racer. And his granddaughter, Miss, her name is Caitlin. I call her Katie. Um, her and my child, I'm making it awkward. We're boyfriend and girlfriend at one point. Because, um, you know, this is a checkered past podcast, so the, the, there's they, a tie to the past. They wave their checkered flag on their relationship, <laughs> but mom and dad's become real close, and if it was going to get awkward, it was their fault. So um, mom and dads are still going to be friends, and we're going to be friends at the racetrack and enjoy ourselves. But anyway, Katie, um, tell us a little bit about you. You... Um, you coming off a second place finish at Anderson last week? Yes, sir. Uh, pretty awesome. That's something. I'm not old enough to be sir. <laughs> Gotta have I it. I understand. You were taught well. You were raised right. Um, so what gets you into the young guns? Um, like my grandfather, he used to race, and then my dad raced, and all my cousins raced, and then my uncle Donovan, he races, and all my cousins, and it's. It's just uh, just a thing you got to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I heard a little rumor the other day that uh, little sister's gonna make, be making some laps. We'll see. She wants to get into my car. Oh, is that season. breaking news? I heard that. Oh yeah. Whoops. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the end of the season, she's gonna get in my car. Really? Mhm. We'll see. She ain't in here. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about her. She's not in here. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Miss Mackenzie Moon. Um, but so you started out your first year. You've had a you've had a pretty strong year all year. Um, you've you've kept us at the racetrack because uh, we love racing and don't really have anywhere to race our cars unless we want to travel. So we've been going to the racetrack and supporting you and having fun with you. I mean, you've had you know quite a few thirds. A lot and, of thirds. Um, this week you you had you you stepped on up the podium a little more. Yeah, I got second this last week. That was very awesome. Uh, very proud moment for myself just to be there to to stand back and see mom and dad and the excitement they had. And then, of course, you had jumping beans in your shoes or something. Cause <laughs> you was, so bad. Yes, you did. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was exciting to see. Um, hopefully that win will be coming soon. Hopefully. I'm about tired of third place. Oh, but wait a second. I think we had another another challenge. Yes. Right, oh, right yes. Katie? Oh, yes. When it comes to wins. So, Steve, originally you had told me you were going to do a cartwheel if I ever got first place. 
I like cartwheels. Don't you think that would be an entertaining sight for fans? Yes, I think it would be very entertaining. You've changed our minds. I mean, I'm three. changed our mind because of your recommendation. Oh, Oh, yes. I'm 300 plus. To see my fat tail going out there doing a cartwheel would be very entertaining for folks. Um, (laughs) We're going to have you wear a pink tutu and a tiara and a wand. Um, You you said you would have done that. I mean... I may be sick the next race. I have to check my little black book and see how we got this scheduled mm-hmm. out. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, we'll work on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I can, if I could be there to witness you win your first race, we might, we might make it happen. That don't mean y'all can go buy one tomorrow, though. <laughs> well, at the rate I'm going, it might happen. <laughs> I love, I love the confidence. That's what it's all about. What was you going to say? I was going to say Amazon. It's already on the way. Oh, oh yeah. We God. already ordered it like 30 minutes ago when y'all were talking about it. What do y'all do? Go on Amazon and look for extra fat guy pink tutu? I mean, seriously. It's Halloween season. I ain't <laughs> Cut her mic off. Sure, it's a lot easier to find them nowadays, too. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I will not say anything to that. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yes. So um, it's been super awesome to um, to witness your your racing career this year. Um, started out a little rough. Oh yeah. But I mean, it happens. We've all been there and done that. Bought a t-shirt. It happens. You'll uh, you'll have those moments from time to time. But uh, it's really cool to uh, to see the ambition you have to to get in that race car and. And your confidence level in in the past several weeks has like went through the roof. So I don't know where that come from, but I, I love the enthusiasm and the confidence that you're carrying. So that will win you a race. I hope so. It will, and um, I hate to interview somebody and I have to do all the talking. Well, I can talk about. I'll go through the season. First race, I went out there and I was doing good. I started what? What I start? You remember? Oh, yeah, dead last. Yeah, because we wanted to do that for my first race. And then I made it up to, like, third place. And then me and my girl Whitfield, we were racing pretty hard. And then we ended up coming up, and, like, we hit each other, and I got, like, turned straight into the wall head first, or front end first. And then we had to go and fix all the car, and thanks to Ken Guthrie and Steve Guthrie and the whole family. Um, And then we went out there to – the last few races, and I've been on my brakes a little bit too much, and so I was running really, really kind of slow, actually. And I kept making it up to third, and I about finished third every race this season. And then a few weeks ago, we took off my brake booster, and I have manual brakes, and so I got a little bit faster, but I was still pretty slow. And then we ended up getting third that race. And then this past Saturday, the Shriners race, I ended up getting second. Um, I got to get off my brakes just a hair more. And then maybe I'll be up there with all them super fast people. I'm sure it's a challenge. Uh, it's what I was explaining to Peyton. You know, you want to keep the momentum in the cars. You know, got to roll through the corners fast. That makes you straightaway faster. But um, it's it's challenging to do, especially. I mean, neither of you two really drive on the street, so to go do what you do <laughs> in a race car, you know, is it's, you don't have the experience, and and you know that's what it's called, the young guns. You guys are learning, so it's uh, it's pretty awesome to uh, it's pretty awesome that Anderson Motor Speedway has a class for for you you know you youngins to get out there and 
and do your thing. Yeah, I agree. I think it's pretty cool. We get I, that opportunity. I love seeing the the enthusiasm and the 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 kids that seem to be, you know, coming in. There's there's more and more each week. It seems like so. Uh, yeah, like it was literally like five, and then I come back from the beach, and there's like twelve. Well, what'd you crazy. bring them all back for? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted more people. Yeah, this that's that's the way you want to do it. You don't want to win a race with two cars. You want to win with ten or twelve or fourteen. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, well, good luck to you going into the September 8th race. Yes, sir. And, uh, and anybody that, that um, wants to know more about Miss Katie, she does have a Facebook um, racing page. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that and how we can um, find out more about you, Katie? Oh, yes, ma'am. So we have a racing page, and it's just called Caitlin Moon Racing. Um, it's on Facebook, and it just we just share my, like, racing updates and practicing updates and any like of our sponsors if they ever have something going on we share them and we definitely want to thank all of our sponsors and i hear a little rumor that tc backer that your your main sponsor is going to have a open house i believe october the 21st it's news to me but uh we'll be there <laughs> i just know a guy that knows a guy so that's how i found out so yeah. um you would think they would tell the racer well uh well that comes <laughs> later because you remember you're not driving in pulling equipment to the track so the, the important people you oh, just yeah. got to stand there and smile and look pretty for the sponsors oh yeah yeah so that'll work out but um i'm glad to have sit down with you and talk with you a few minutes and learn a little bit about you yes thank you for having me absolutely um we're gonna go a little versatile we're gonna skip and go to a little boy now how about little peyton so little Peyton here is, uh, he's my 16-year-old son. Uh, he made his first attempt at the front-wheel drive class this year, so uh, this past week. So what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on the young gun class? I think it's fun. I, uh, I really appreciate Donovan Beecham for letting me drive his car. Uh, it was definitely different driving something without power brakes or uh, <laughs> without power steering. Or rear, rear, rear wheel drive. Well, that was different too. But <laughs> so, yeah. so for everybody listening, Peyton normally drives a, a different class. Peyton, last year at Greenville Pickens, uh, the last what season and a half, two seasons, you drove pure stock. So pure last, stock. huh? Pure stock. Yeah, pure stock is what I said. Now it's rent stock. <laughs> you moron. <laughs> anyway, um. So last year you 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 broke through. They run they kind of last year they run the adults and the the kid class. They run, I guess they called it the young guns, kids, and then the adults was pure stock. And y'all kind of all run together, and you won you a couple of races in the in the young guns last year. Just a couple. And just a couple, and and it wasn't celebrated enough, or I didn't feel like it was. But they they also told you that you were crowned the the Young Guns champion for last year. So, um, so what'd you think? I mean, how, you hooked? Uh, I know I'm hooked. I, I enjoyed racing at Greenville. It was a very fun opportunity to have. Wish we had that opportunity some more, but unfortunately we don't. Maybe we're going to have them days back again. You never know. I miss beating old Reagan's bumper off. That never happened. Uh-huh. Maybe one time. According one to the video I seen the other day, I don't know why he didn't come home with a black eye. 
he had you turned every which way but loose. He did. He beat the crap out of me yeah. almost every race. This is Ellie Mae Darnell for anyone who's wondering. Every race. I didn't even know who Ellie Mae was until like 10 minutes ago. She's been sitting over here watching the Beverly Hillbillies episodes trying <laughs> to figure on. out. That's my girl. <laughs> so so I just, I just wanted to give everybody listening kind of a background. So now bring us back to what you're doing now. So you're now driving at Anderson, just figuring things out. But most importantly, you're having fun. Yeah, that's all I'm doing is having fun. I'm trying to figure out something new. A couple people was giving me some junk about how I was driving a manual transmission car, but they don't even shift in their automatic car, so I don't want to hear it. Well, you just tell us how it is there, sir. I am. Um, so, taking it back, last week was you, you, you do not have your driver's license or your permit right now. You're 16. Um, so, the only your race car that you've been racing at Greenville the past couple of years is an automatic. And last week, was really the last couple of weeks, Donovan's been working with you out here in the, the, the back 40 on learning how to drive a stick shift. So, um, up to speed, Saturday was the first time you've ever changed a gear in any kind of car other than your little iRacing setup. So, uh, uh, I'm, I know that was an adventure for you, along with trying to drive, too. It was. Yeah, I had old, my little slow buddy, not slow on the track, but you get the idea. My slow buddy, Logan Beecham, he was trying to teach me how to shift and drive the track. That boy, he's goofy. You can tell he's Donovan's son. Well, these random goofinesses, you're being goofy yourself. Nah. <laughs> As he would say, psh. Yeah, psh. But, um, yeah, Logan and, and Donovan worked with you a good bit in the past couple of weeks trying to trying to get you to figure this thing out. And hopefully before the next race, we're going to go down there. And if we have to get to track one day by ourselves, we're going to go down there and make some laps and get you get you in the groove. I'd like to old Lucky Charms over here shaking his head. Are you are you ready to make your break in news announcement, Peyton? I don't even know what if, it is. If 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 I'm not wearing if any whatever dresses. happens oh, no. <laughs> next year and, and, and dad doesn't take you to Tri County full time, you're gonna you're gonna be racing at Anderson full time. I guess. Like I said. <laughs> so our plans next year is to run Tri County with the boys in West and Papa, and uh, from my understanding, Donovan wants you to drive that car some in Young Guns on Friday night, so we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. But uh, I can see you not want to talk much. Thank you for coming on the Checker Pass podcast, and I hope you learn to speak a little better next time we have you on. I don't know. I love talking. <laughs> just ask me something. <laughs> Go ahead, honey. I'm just I'm just sitting here taking it all in. He, I mean, they had him and Reagan had a good dialect going on. So maybe let's let her talk now and find out a little bit more about her. Like I was saying earlier, now we have you know Spencer Darnell and Reagan Darnell, which they come from, you know, they they are some awesome racers, you know, in their own right. Maybe we can get her talking, and then Peyton will come on and come around and say a little bit more. Hmm. So Reagan, uh, what what got you in a car? I mean, you got a you and Angie are the only two females, pretty until Greg's twin daughters. Um, so you and Angie are pretty much the only two females 
and in a pretty dominant, uh, male-dominant family. So what what got you into the racing? My daddy. I mean. <laughs> um, I don't know. I raced go-karts when I was younger, and then. Um, so I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, my daddy had a car, or one of his friends had a car, and I drove it at a open practice one time. And then after that, he called Fred Hale and was like, Find me a car. So he found him a car, and they built it over the winter. I think I was like 15 or 16. I think I had just turned 16. And I've been in it ever since. You were so daggum country. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I saw a picture of her car on Facebook whenever she first got it built. And I was mad because I didn't have a car. It has a sunroof. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> I mean, it's not technically a sunroof, but there's a hole in the top of it. And we, it was a sunroof at one point. That was, uh, was that a car that was being built for Freddie? Yeah. Yeah, it was just, um, it was just a roll cage on the frame. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they had, they had started, it seems like I remember them starting on something. I didn't do too much to it. Are you not their chief wrench? Are you not the head crew chief over there at Darnell? I got this privilege to just show up and drive. <laughs> oh. I mean, really, though, like when I was building it, I went down there one or two times, and the next time I came down there, it was built, <laughs> and I was driving it. This youngin's a mess. Well, I mean, all she had to do was show it me pretty. That's that's what we do. Right, Katie? And that's what we do. Yeah. So okay, so um, so you come to the shop and and you had your car built. So tell me, tell me what it was like the first time out on the track. Were you scared? Um, I was scared to death. I threw up in my helmet actually. Are you serious? Yeah. So I put on? is that why you got a uh, new helmet? No, that was um, Fred Phillips. He bought me a pink helmet, and that was really nice of him. Thank you, Fred. Um, no, we were sitting. We was at Grandma Pickens, and we were sitting there waiting to go out like where the pace truck is like sitting in the pits we were lined up and I don't think at the time I was like in the back obviously my daddy told me to go to the back like before I started but um yeah I was sitting there and we were about to go out and I got on the radio and I was like I just threw up and my daddy was like are you okay I was like yeah I'm fine so then we raced and then we got done racing and then like an hour later it was still on my helmet. And my mom was like, Reagan, you need to clean that out. And I was like, yeah, probably. You didn't eat your QT hot dog before you went or anything, did you? No, I, th- I ate some beef jerky. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but I had to race with it all over me the whole race. No wonder you and him get along so good. He's a beef jerky as clown. He, as he's pointing to Peyton. <laughs> so so that's, a, that's a true testament. Like, I've heard stories of, you know, different racers doing, you know, different things like things that they need to do um, while they're in the car. So you, you were in there racing with your throw-up. So that's – yeah, that was not good. <laughs> no, I couldn't imagine having puke baking on my floor pan. <laughs> that yeah. was not good. Noah Gregson does it all the time. Exactly. He'll hold his breath so long that he'll wind up throwing up on himself. Mm-hmm. And exactly. on victory lane, he'll be – you can tell it. He'll be stained. I haven't, I haven't threw up since, but I can't look at the crowd. <laughs> Or anybody around me. Why? It scares me. Like if somebody comes up to my window, I t- 
usually tell them to go away because then I will throw up. Everybody but me. She did let me come. I do let Mr. Dale come over. (laughs) I like when he comes. (laughs) Well, I like to, uh, I like to always be by one of the boys' cars when they go out. So, yeah. And I've always tried to come by and speak to you or give you thumbs up or something as well. So, yeah. Um, Benny Brazil comes up to me every time and, um, probably gives you the one finger wave. Yeah. It's not a thumbs up. (laughs) <laughs> but it's a finger. <laughs> You're not the only one. Yeah, yeah. Don't feel uh, don't feel privileged by it. He loves you if he does. <laughs> so, okay. So from your first race, tell me about winning a race. How, how did you throw up that night? No, I'm gonna be completely honest. I didn't even like know that I won that race. It was just like it's surreal. Yeah, like I went through the checkered flag and I was like. Do I keep going? Like, am I going another lap? <laughs> like, in my head, it just kind of, like, all went out. And I was like, what am I doing? Jeez. And then, like, on the radio, my Uncle Greg was like, you won. Good job. And I was like, I won? She was sitting there thinking, there's some orange and silver punk beating on my back bumper. I think that that was the night that he was all over me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. What a moron. I was trying I to help. I was trying everything I could to not let you get by me. I know. Yeah, there, I was, there was one night that he kept peeking to the inside of you. Him and 1.5 had done had a little altercation, and he kept and I kept telling him on the radio, "Don't dive under her. Don't you know? If, if you got the room, do it." But he, the way he was charging the corner, I thought this is going to get ugly. I'm going to get my, I'm going to get some of them Darnell knuckles upside of my head <laughs> if you spin that boy or that girl out. So you better back off. Yeah, my. Yeah, I seen, yeah. <laughs> I seen Robert pick a guy up by the ears and throw him over a hood. <laughs> they ain't a Same funny in that. Yeah. Yeah, those are, those are some fellas you don't want to mess with. Grandpa Robert's like a... He swings. He don't know what he's swinging at, but he's swinging. Yeah. <laughs> he's strong as an ox, so there ain't no way I'd want to be on the receiving end of one of them swings. Well, Reagan is good... Uh, Talking, talking to you, and you, you got your first win right last year. Yeah, it was the last race last year. Oh, so you, you uh, you got close at Anderson this year, haven't you? What you got was it third? Yeah, I got third. I beat Spencer. That was like the highlight of everything. <laughs> and I was really impressed in your driving. You were, you were having the uh, veteran line about an inch away from the wall. That it, yeah. And I, I said, hey, look at that. She's that close to the wall. She's and you, and you were right in there. You were putting it in there where you needed it. And you were, I was very impressed. Thank I you. told your mom, I said, she, she getting better. That was my, um, my Uncle Greg and my daddy on the radios. <laughs> they was coaching me through it. Well, that's two good ones to have in your ear. Yeah, you got that right. They're the best. Talk about a checker pass. Yes. Definitely those two. So, big brother, um, you've kind of. You've kind of been in and out of racing a little bit, like you wanted to and not wanted to, and then wanted to, and then now you're back. Yeah. Um, they probably got more races than I got, and I've been doing it for, I don't know, six or seven years. Yeah, I know I've run with you against you in Renegade and got my butt spanked by you, and and uh, just was it lack of interest or you just? I, teenager, I just wanted to, I don't know, just, just doing to- other stuff. Yeah. And now I'm old and <laughs> old and you know, 
thing we are dirt. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, because we, I was um, 14 or 15, and I was at school, and my daddy sent me a text and was like, here's your race car, and it was a Camaro that was, uh, we had a, some Mexicans beside our shop that had a body shop, <laughs> and um, he sent me, he was like, hey, here's your car, and I was, I don't know if I wanted to, like she, I don't know if I wanted to throw up or be happy or I was like, well, here it is. And I probably, yeah, it was, I didn't so know did what to do. Did you start racing that, at that young of an age? Yeah, I couldn't, I didn't have a driver's license or anything. I think I was, um, I was fixing to turn 15 because like I turned um, 15 in, or I turned 15 in June. So I was 14, I think. So when did I start? March. So I wasn't 14 very long, but yeah, it was. We built that uh, pure stock. That's kind of when they first uh, brought it to Greenville. So that was pretty fun. I was I was out there with some good guys, and I was didn't have a clue what I was doing. You had some we seasoned had veterans. Uh, Jimbo, man, um, Jason McGrew, Shane Gentry. Uh, I, that was a handful of them. That was super yeah. good. Well, then you come along to the, the pure stock that we have today, and you run against – you know, your daddy and Greg Dodgins and uh, yeah, Bobby. These pure stocks are a little different than those, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. Just a little bit. Just a little technology's got a little better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you you were pretty successful in, in Renegade at times. I mean, you won a handful of races in that, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Um, so, I think that first year, I won four my first year. And then we went over to Renegade and... Then we raced Renegade for, I know I raced two years pretty, you know, we, we went a good bit. And then um, that last year, Renegade, I I, don't, I might have raced like twice. And then we sold it to Brad Burns. Can't say that name. And um, <laughs> um, then I really haven't did anything since um, maybe like one or two times a year. For about three years or so, and then this year I've raced, would have been four or five times. So that was, and I've never raced at Anderson until this year. So that's, that's what we went. Um, I don't think I've ever made no laps or anything around there. And um, the first race of the season, I went down there not expecting to drive or anything. And when they was fixing to go out to practice, Daddy was like, "You want to drive it?" And I was like, "I'll try, I guess. I don't know. I ain't never made no laps. We'll see how it goes." And um, you know, just tried to figure it out and practice the three or four laps they give you and somehow qualified on the pole and then they inverted, I think it was six and I was like, oh man, I was like, I just figured out how to get around this place, now i got to pass people <laughs> and and that's a challenge in itself. Yeah, and I don't know how some got lucky and won um, yeah, that's So the night you won was the, really the first time you'd raced there? Yeah Well, that's pretty dang wow. cool Yeah I didn't realize that either. I was, I, didn't. I was about to say that, you know, that that was his win. And I, I also, um, I call him and his sister my weekend youngins because that's what he was referring to when, when he was saying he was busy and he had things going on. He He's going off with Hunter and Peyton. But very impressive that he, he went out there really the first yeah. time and won. Yeah, I, yeah I, the, I know the first race at Greenville, I – um, me and Jimbo passed the line. I was about at his um, – I finished second that night. I was right at his um, 
right at his or up beside his door. And if I would have knew what I was doing, I might have could have won. I don't know. That was I didn't have a clue what I was doing though. I was all over the place. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, heck, you've got a like I say, you've got a long line of yeah, we, history in racing, and uh, it's been that's what we was looking at those. Or I was looking at those pictures y'all posted this morning, and my grandpa Jack. There was a um. Um, 1968, I guess the hobby. What I think I don't know what that really was. Like maybe Superstock back then. Yeah, sort of. He, him and Leroy was in that, so they've you know they've been there that long. I'm sure it was before that. Also, I just just a picture I seen. So yeah, yeah, I thought that was neat when when I was flipping through and and seeing that. Mr. Brian King brought that book over yesterday, and uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to see Papa and and Uncle Jack's name in there. Yeah. Definitely, I love the history of that, you know, with with the family. And I was just going to say, you know, we, we have that picture of him and Taylor when they were little. They're, they're a day apart. <laughs> you know, you guys were born a day apart, and here in the shop, y'all were, what, maybe 18 months old? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. I was going to say, oh, go ahead. We didn't, we had no, didn't have any idea that Robin and Courtney were at the hospital at the same time we were. Well, darn <laughs> It's yeah, a small world. Yeah. I, I was just gonna say. So I know when you won, who was who was behind you? Oh, my dad. Yeah, you was racing yeah. with your dad, right? Yeah, that was fun. We um, we've raced about three times together. Whenever we had that, whenever we was racing Renegade, I had a um, he bu- he built a Renegade car. I think he only raced it like twice. But yeah, we we never got to like actually race together. But that night. Um, what two weeks ago I guess we actually got to race together and he he let me know uh, he was back there for sure <laughs> yeah I could I could only imagine uh, I've raced with your daddy a handful of times and that was put my, on. I don't you know I get nervous before the race and get stressed out a little bit and, but like once I'm in the car I'm good I I've never been stressed out in the car but when he was behind me I was like I don't know. I was breathing heavy and look. I was, I was a nervous wreck. You had to think though. Uh, he wasn't gonna do anything to you because no. he, he'd had yeah. to fix it. Yeah, because he was had to fix it. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's that's a cool memory to have right there because uh, all the racing I've done through the years. Uh, when I was racing with Dad, we were on a couple of times in Renegade. I never really got to. Yeah. Either his car was junk that day, or mine was on the trailer, and I got mad and load up, or whatever. We didn't yeah. get to really race together. So yeah, yeah. And he's the one that, you know, the only reason we racing and stuff. He he's you know, he's the one that buys it all and everything like that. We couldn't. He's still got can't the afford it. <laughs> as um, much as he complains about it, he still oh, loves yeah, it. Yeah, he does. He does. He we do the easy part, just driving. He he's the one that. He can build a really good race car. So, all that Bondo work. Yeah, there'll be no Bondo work. No on Bondo work at all. <laughs> Just a rust oleum and put some stickers on it. He told me and Spencer one time that if we could tell him what the tire pressure was on our cars, then he would give us a hundred dollars. <laughs> and neither of us got a hundred dollars that day. <laughs> I'd like to have seen that one or been there I for be, that. Yeah. I will say, like, you know, in the past and stuff, I, I wasn't really – I was more or less like Reagan. I'd just kind of show up and drive. <laughs> but here here recently, I've been, you know, well, been trying uh, to figure stuff out a little bit. Still yeah. don't have a clue, but 
They, well, I'll tell uh, you what, <laughs> some good teachers and stick yeah. stick to both of them and and, and learn. What was you saying, sir? Uh, about him figuring stuff out. It's about the same way with me, you know. People come up to me and yank stuff out of my hands. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 49 years old and I get done that way daily, so don't don't yeah. take it personal. Yeah, but I don't know. We we've been pretty pretty lucky, I guess. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good, like I say, to see all you kids getting out there, and y'all are the future of the sport. And what's so funny now, son? Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a counter going okay. um, of how many times, you know, you're saying, like I said. The smart aleck meter is buzzing is what you're saying, yeah. So we're going to um, we're gonna go on over here and talk with Hunter in there a little bit, and uh, we appreciate you two coming and, and telling us a little bit. And uh, another young gun here that hasn't got to race but once this year because of different things happening and no racetrack to race at but uh tell us a little bit about what you had going on uh heck this year really just piddling around i wanted to get one race in at least get the fix you know greenville being where it's at right now it's a situation got the one race this year at anderson just get it out of my system i reckon yeah um i'm glad you got it out of your system i wish we could have went more i wish if we'd have started the year off down there, we might have been okay all year. But Yeah, it's hard to go towards the end of the season and try to make a season at the end of it. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily make a season, but you got a car pretty much sitting on go. You don't want to go tear it up last minute and get it ready for another. Yeah, that's been my biggest thing uh, with you two boys. I haven't wanted you to race this year was because the unknown with Greenville, and then, then half the season was over. And I was like, well, I don't want you to go down there and get torn up, and then we've got to work on them all winter. Exactly, and I'd rather go up to Tri-County, you know, with a car looking flawless, you know, ready to go up there and get in the mix. Yeah, so um, you uh, you got your first win last year at Greenville Pickens. Yeah. Uh, pretty special yeah. deal. Yeah, I believe, uh, well, I don't believe, I know this kind of factual here, same car you got your first win in. It's a pretty cool deal. Very cool. Uh, we told that story last week. That was pretty neat to how it all transpired and come full circle for you to have. Yeah. Have the helmet as well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, got everything, all the pieces except the suit. You know, I'm not sure it's floating around somewhere, but. Yeah, I think Jimmy <laughs> Rowland owns that now. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't believe either one of us would fit in it, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that one's a little. But, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's hope that, you know, we, I would love to be able to go run at Anderson next year with you. But, uh. We'll focus on going to Tri-County. Yeah, that's the goal. Next year, go up to Tri-County, you know. I know we don't like the traveling deal, but that's what I'd like to do, travel a little bit and go up there. And I love to run Hickory, but them boys a little bit a little bit too much for me up there. I like to sit on the sidelines there and watch. Yeah. Yeah, the Hickory deal is kind of like a demolition derby renegade type race, and it's crazy. Yeah. To, to be two, two tracks 15 miles apart, and the drivers are completely different. Yeah, watching a fellow up there, uh, he races at Tri-County. He come last year, Jordan Cook. He uh, – he had that pretty red car, 55. I saw him take it up to Hickory, and that thing was demolished afterwards. Yeah, it's, so no that's fun. not that's something I wouldn't want to go do, go up there and demolition derby a car out. But Hickory does look fun. Yeah, Hickory would be a cool, would be a bucket list track to go ride, drive on one day. 
for sure. Um, and, and so although your season, you know, you've only went to – to Anderson one time, you're still your hands are still in the mix as far as um, race cars. I know that you are constantly um, turning wrenches on your car, but more impressively, um, who puts on those cool designs wraps <laughs> on your car? I, I think you do. You, yeah. you have something to do with that. Trying to get the hang up, you know. I hadn't done a lot of wrap wraps, but done some decal work. I think my car and the dad's Monte Carlo he had last year is probably the first car I've actually done a a complete wrap on so of course there's flaws on them but i enjoy doing that making them look pretty you know yeah. if anything i could make them look pretty <laughs> yeah they, they look pretty and they're sitting in the shop yeah i call them call my two the jack stand princesses yeah for the, the jack stand well you do a great job and if anybody out there is listening and would like to um talk more with hunter about graphics um you can hit him up on our page and he, he's amazing um at design work so that's Gearhead Designs on Facebook. He, he's uh, he's got him a little business going on. So uh, if you need anything, hit him up. Yeah, trying to juggle that and working. You know, I mean, can't get the graphics going as well as I'd like to. You know, juggling full time job, but definitely anyone wanting any decal work done, I'm full range. Let me know. I'll figure something out. Awesome. Well, kids, like I say, y'all are the future of our sport. Um, Love seeing you guys out there. Uh, I can't wait. I hope we get to race the pure stock to race the last race of the season with Spencer and Reagan, and uh, we'll have Katie and and Peyton will be running the Young Guns front wheel drive at Anderson. So uh, come on out and support your local racetrack. It's definitely uh, we have one over here that's got grass waist high, so uh, we don't want to see that happening. But um, glad to have you guys in. Thanks for you all coming and sitting in and katie um i didn't mention it earlier but um you've got a you've got your hands full with all kind of stuff in school and trying to drive too i mean you're you cheerleader yeah. cheerleader rotc Our stuff um what else i do i do a lot of stuff yeah. it's crazy track mm-hmm. yeah so you um you got it going on with all that and that's that's pretty awesome so uh education first in race cars oh yes and uh keep up the good work thank you sir uh proud of all you guys you uh like i say i can't say it enough proud of the the, the future i mean this is the past (laughs) 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 but um thank each and every one of you for coming in and hanging out and um look forward to seeing you guys in victory lane many more times all of you and uh you guys have a good evening. The Darnells, Spencer, Reagan, Hunter, Peyton, Guthrie, and Caitlin Moon, thank you guys for coming on. <laughs>